Hello and welcome to How to Manifest, a podcast series brought to you by Intention Bar. This is a research-backed and info-packed how-to series about my 20-plus years of manifestation research and subsequent tool development. So after years of building a successful company in this industry with thousands of community members who have had incredible results using our work and tools, I finally decided that it is time for me to share it all. Every last scrap of information I have for free to help as many people as I can benefit from the information that I have benefited enormously from over the last 20 years. The information that has helped me and hundreds of others really build their dream lives and not just build their dream lives, but fall back in love with life, reprogram their minds, and learn how to navigate their challenges with a lot more grace and ease. So if you finish each episode with just a little more peace, hope, joy, and understanding that your desires are not arbitrary, They are meant for you. They are energetically bound to you. And that you didn't come all the way here to live a mediocre, underwhelming life. Then I can sleep soundly at night. And so it is with all of my love that I present my pride and joy, which is my life's work, with you. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Today is an excellent episode and an incredible place to begin. And in our pilot episode, we're going to develop a pretty comprehensive foundation to manifestation. We're going to answer a lot of big questions surrounding it. Some of the big questions I'm going to answer for you today include, what even is manifestation? This is a huge buzzword. So I'm going to break down what it is and what you can expect to get out of it. We're also going to go over the actual mechanism of manifestation. What is manifesting? What is going out and creating your desire? What is transmuting that energy into the physical plane? Is it the thoughts? Is it the feelings? Is it the intentions, the scripting, etc.? And our biggest focus of today's episode is going to be the quantum field. We hear a lot about this quantum field. What is it? So our main focus today is going to be really breaking down and introducing you to the concept of the quantum field, how it works, how you can conceptualize it, what it is, and how you use it to architect your dreams, which if you remember from a moment ago, I believe are absolutely part of your purpose of coming into this life cycle. So I'm going to dive into the thick of it in a moment, but because you may not know me, you may be brand new here and you're probably starting from episode one, uh, allow me to introduce myself, my company, and why this is an excellent resource to get your manifestation info from. My name is Isla and I am the founder of the world's first spiritual gym. We call it the Open Bar Manifestation Membership, which is exactly what it sounds like. An online haven where our members pay a monthly fee and have access to our viral, thank you very much, guided visualizations, our manifestation formula, our several manifestation exercises, as well as our self-development workshop. We also add new content every single month. Our community members have polled that using our gym has changed their perspectives, considerably eased their anxiety, increased their everyday joy and bliss and love of life. They've polled that they've learned more unique and helpful information at Intention Bar than anywhere else. Again, thank you. That meant the world to me. And not all, but most have reported manifesting something big within their first 30 days of consistent use and all have have reported either seeing a big synchronicity or manifesting something small in the first 30 days. So I think that this is the greatest place in the world. Our community is incredible. We see amazing things. We see magic happen every day. It's really quite inspiring. And our manifestation gym was created out of my own necessity. So uh, I was desperate for a place that I could just simply log in and like do a manifestation exercise or click on a specific kind of visualization. 
And I didn't want to do just a breathe in, breathe out meditation. I wanted to be taken on an adventure through my dream life. So you're going to learn that this is actually a huge part of manifesting. Um, The practice of transcending your physical material reality and connecting so deeply with your dream future that your body, like while dreaming, thinks it's absolutely real. And this begins an energetic as well as a physiological cascade that allows our energy to connect with the potential in the quantum field, which we will be explaining today. Um, It is also well researched that this act of connecting with your dream life helps with neuroplasticity. So it actually helps reprogram your neural pathways, which we're going to focus on in an upcoming episode so that you're literally changing your brain structure from a mind that is wired for stress and anxiety and self-sabotage to one that is confident, peaceful, and loves life. So I created the Open Bar Manifestation membership because I wanted to click and get a morning pep talk and then get guided through connecting to my higher self, the universe, and my dreams before facing my day. Uh, It was really annoying because I felt like I had almost no consistency with my spiritual practice because every time I wanted to actively harness my energy into a manifestation, I had to like look on Pinterest or some really, you know, basic instructional infographic off of Google or whatever about like, write it down, do this, do that. Like, and it just never really hit home. I never really felt like I was changing anything with any amount of consistency. And so I was I was really desperate <laughs> to be able to just log in somewhere and have a bunch of visualizations, a bunch of different manifestation exercises, a bunch of different ways to start my day, um, something to fall asleep to, something to go on a walk to. Like I just really wanted so much more than what was available. So I got to work uh, and I created it. It is also important to me before we get going on this journey together that you understand we don't do any kind of victim blaming or race erasing here as is common in the manifestation community. So your lived experiences actually do impact your brain and systemic barriers do affect people's access to upward mobility. And we do not negate that here. We embrace it, we understand it, and we focus on research-backed manifestation tools that help people instead of gaslighting uh, them and giving them over oversimplified proclamations that they should just assume it or be positive. You are never going to be told here to just be positive because your negative emotions are important. And as humans, we are a species characterized by the duality of a spectrum of emotions that we oscillate between. So you simply would not have been created with negative emotions or thoughts if they didn't serve a purpose. And for that reason, we do not negate them. But we do, of course, learn how to control them and have a positive, happy voice in our head for the most part. But that takes a little bit of work. So we're going to get on that journey together. Now, my job is to use the best and most up-to-date research in order to form that information into beautiful, fun, and extremely effective tools, teachings, and community. And your job is to wake up every day and participate and log in and do your visualizations and believe in your inherent right to live a life that you love. Now, I'm going to give you a little brief summary of my entire life. I'm omitting a lot of the challenges, the ups and the downs, because I don't want this podcast to be about me rattling on about myself. I do want you to know where you're getting your information from, as I hope that you are being a critical and conscious consumer. So I do want to tell you a little bit about myself, where I come from in this work. Um, But please know that this is just such an oversimplification of what has been a hell of a ride so far. So uh, like I said before, my name is Isla. I live in Toronto, Canada, and I've been studying manifestation and spirituality since early childhood. I am half Indian, specifically Punjabi, and half English. Uh, Both of my parents are wonderful, intelligent, witty, and uh, unreasonably attractive people. 
And I've had a very blessed life, uh, but I have not had an easy one. So I'm now 30 years old and I can say I've lived many lives in this one little 30-year stretch. Uh, My parents, a lot of you will know, had a very painful divorce when I was young. It sent my life into a bit of a spiral, not a bit, a lot of a spiral. Uh, And that that pushed me to begin seeking out spirituality. Uh, My mother left the divorce in a a bad, rough place. Uh, We had little to no money ever. And in fact, we lived in pretty gut-wrenching poverty for many, many years. This was not my father's fault. Um, My mother was having a really difficult time. She never did drugs. She never drank alcohol. She never dated weird people. In fact, I never saw a man or a glass of alcohol or anything, (laughs) anything that you see in the movies. It was simply a single mother who was really, really struggling to get back up on her feet. That's the truth. We lived in good neighborhoods, and so that we could live in good neighborhoods. We didn't have furniture. We didn't have cable. We just didn't have the money for normal things. And so um, I spent a lot of my time at the library across the street. We lived over a store downtown, not downtown Toronto, actually, a little bit west uh, Toronto. And I spent quite a bit of my time walking through the alley that my apartment backed onto to the library where I would sit for hours and cross-reference spiritual texts trying to understand things like, you know, at that time The Secret was really popular, uh, reading about Neville Goddard and all of these things and trying to just create a basis so that maybe, oh my God, this chokes me up, maybe I wouldn't have to live an adult life that was as hard as my childhood. Uh, I just want to say for anyone who is going through it and needs some validation, poverty is scary. It is dull. It can be humiliating. And it can feel like fighting for every last breath while a hand holds your head underwater. Uh, It taught me quite a bit about abundance and how to create it. And poverty at that time was my whole world. Even though I was only with my mom 50% of the time, the other 50% of the time, I was with my incredibly encouraging and present father, um, shout out to Beep, who always made sure I had access to every resource, sport, camp, tutor that I needed, that I could ever possibly need. Um, My parents were both just top-notch caregivers, really present, really focused on my education, really patient with me. And by the time I got to high school, uh, I lived a pretty fast life. I partied quite a bit. I have some, you know, movie-worthy stories from those years. And uh, as a result, I failed most of my classes to my parents' absolute horror. I was very difficult to rein in. I was 15 going to clubs, and it was... uh, It was a fast time and it was a fun time and I have some stories that would probably make you clutch your pearls. But what I will say is that my parents never gave up on me. They never lost faith in me, even though most of the other adults in my life had. And in fact, I can tell you a few different adults, um, even teachers who told me, you're done. Like you're you're never going to amount to anything. Look at you. Look at what you're doing. You are never going to amount to anything. There was a joke one time about me pumping gas made by an adult. Um, pretty devastating stuff, especially because you as a teenager in a big city, being a young, beautiful girl, those are the things I wanted to explore at that time. I instead was taught that my worth was directly related to the marks I was achieving. And that's problematic. And we will talk more about societal conditioning later. But that did affect me uh, terribly. And, you know, despite all of that, I was stubborn. And One day, I decided to get my shit together, and I got into one of the best universities in the entire world. We rank top 20 every single year. That was something people weren't expecting. Then I graduated from that university with distinction. I got into law school at another one of the best universities in the world, but uh, realized that while I wanted to go to law school, I didn't want to be a lawyer. 
I decided to instead begin a pretty successful corporate career. And I'm now 30 years old. Um, I have left corporate. I own my own company, which is this company, Intention Bar. I live with my husband in our Victorian house in Toronto, which is my dream, dream, dream home. I have my childhood dream dog, which is a Doberman Pinscher. His name is Riker. And fun fact about Riker, his full name is actually Consul Riker Vom Doberreich. (laughs) That is his real legal registered name. And uh, I own my dream company. We spend a lot of weekends at the cottage. I spend lots of time uh, traveling, hosting dinners, gardening on the Peloton, uh, seashell collecting, and my favorite thing in the world, which is to spend time observing nature. So in a lot of ways, I built my dream life. I surpassed what I had dreamed of when I was struggling, but I don't think perfection exists. So please know that while I have manifested and created this life that I had always dreamed of, life still has challenges. And I I just got over one of the worst, you know, eight months of my entire life. So some of our community members know a little bit more about that. And the good thing about that is that it taught me so much more. And now I am equipped with even more information to help you guys. So that was a little bit about myself. Like I said, I will not be uh, rattling on too much about myself, but I do want to share one more anecdote from childhood, and then we are going to dive right into the quantum field and all of the fun information that I have ready for you. Also, a heads up, this is a bit of a fast-paced, chaotic episode. There, It's not chaotic. I shouldn't say chaotic. It's fast-paced. There's a lot of information. It can be a little bit dense. Feel free to listen to it from the point where we hit the quantum field as many times as you need to. I promise from the next episode on, it's going to be quite orderly and step-by-step and easy to follow, okay? So when I first began recognizing that there was a much greater depth to life beyond what we could touch and see and explain... Uh, I was little. I was I was going through this really scary time in my life where my parents were getting divorced and I was used to private schools and private sports clubs and half of my life looked quite different now and it was very scary. It was very tumultuous and it was hard to explain to, you know, all of the kids why my mom was cleaning some of their mom's houses now. And, you know, there was a lot that I experienced at that point that pushed me to see things that probably the other kids in my grade didn't see at that point. And I wanted to share one of the big anecdotes that really pushed me toward this work before we dive into this journey together. And that is that I started seeing adults as being really tense and frustrated all the time. Of course, my parents were going through a divorce, so of course they were a little bit tense and frustrated. But I started noticing almost all of the adults around me, caregivers, teachers, etc., were just sort of incessantly frustrated. And I started to wonder, what were these adults like when they were my age? I mean, they must have played with their friends at recess. Uh, They must have gotten butterflies in their tummies before going to a slumber party they'd waited all week for. They must have stayed up in bed giddy over their Halloween costumes, right? Like they weren't born frustrated and stressed out. You know, surely they weren't walking around as children with little tiny briefcases and their shoulders tensed up to their ears, complaining about being exhausted all the time. And so I started to wonder as a little girl, when did the play leave their bodies? When was the last time they saw rain and ran outside with their arms outstretched to feel it on their skin? How gradually and slowly did the color and vibrancy and curiosity leach out of them that they didn't even notice it was happening? And I started realizing that they were losing their inner child and that there was some imperative need to keep that inner child alive that that inner child must be the spark plug of your soul and that part of manifesting and part of enjoying life was to nurture it and keep it alive and all of these years later uh, we know that that's absolutely true and people talk about this although not on a grander societal scale yet but I believe we're getting there and so I concluded that 
You had to keep your inner child alive at all costs, lest it be cleaved from your body so slowly that you didn't even notice until one day you became a grumpy adult with no real thirst for life. And of course, adults have, you know, different responsibility levels and life can be very challenging for us. But the extent to which we lose our childhood and we lose our play and our vibrancy is unacceptable, okay? It is a waste of life. And so one day, my family went on a vacation to Mexico with my dad, my aunts, my cousins, and I. We all packed our colorful clothing and made jokes in the airport. And my cousin Sean made a joke to security that they'd better check me, the youngest. I was like six years old, over twice. And, you know, the whole family laughed. And we got to Mexico, and all of the adults came to life. They came alive, guys. I went to dance classes on the beach with my Aunt Mangela. And then I spent the rest of the morning boogie boarding in the ocean with my uncle, my cousins. You know, my dad was socializing with the other guests and I could hear his booming laugh across the resort. My Renu auntie was on the beach looking to rent like a banana boat to ride the waves. And one morning I had an epiphany because my cousin Sean made me my first coffee. And it was about one ounce of coffee and a cup of milk with about five sugars in it. And all of the adults sat around the breakfast table laughing at our coffee experiment. And everyone thought it was a riot and it was super cute. But that's when it hit me that everyone was reacting really differently to this situation than they would have at home. At home, it would have been one of the adults exasperated, being like, ugh, get the coffee out of the kids' hands, get them a juice. And I wondered why this different environment was eliciting a completely different response out of them. And I realized that this place, this vacation, this environment, somehow gave their inner child some permission to come out And that inner child was lighting up the lining of their skin again. And so I have a deep belief that life is supposed to be joyful. And of course, there will be storms and challenges, which we will touch on quite a bit. But generally, life is a gift and it's not something to be slogged through. These moments where the children are trying coffee for the first time and the adults are allowing them to engage in some harmless curiosity and experimentation, those are the moments. If we think about the hardship of life, the catastrophes, the death, the scary parts, the betrayals, you know, the gut-wrenching parts of life, they probably make up about 10% of life and 90% is peace if you allow it to be. It is creating a life that you love. It is allowing yourself to watch a sunset. It is allowing yourself to watch the kids giggle and try something new. It took me a few years to answer that question of when does the inner child get locked away for good and when does survival mode take over and how do we start to stop that process and you know turn the clocks back for people who are already living that way. And one day it it did make sense to me. I started to understand that the real culprit, the thing separating people from their connection to something bigger, the thing separating people from their ability to believe in magic or to manifest their dream lives was societal conditioning. You know, societal conditioning through parenting, school, media, consumerism, it's all societally informed. Our upbringing is all societally informed. And none of it, none of the information was even close to being informed by this greater depth of life, this force beyond us, or this magical inner child within us. So instead of learning about how to be authentic, connected, regulated, to use our natural energetic gifts, to follow our soul purpose, we were informed by a man-made capitalistic patriarchal system that's end game has always been economic gain. We live and die by consumerism and the bottom dollar. 
And I just want to make it very clear before you turn this off that I'm not a recluse living in the woods. I'm not anti-capitalism or even anti-consumerism. I'm not off the grid. You know, in fact, I live in a big city. I love shopping. I love travel. I love interior design and beautiful restaurants and luxury travel and, you know, Hallmark holidays. I love all of it. But I have learned over the last 20 years that if we can identify our conditioning and we can explore our purpose, If we can dismantle the harmful rhetoric and begin rebuilding our idea of the world, which is universally informed, informed by that magic, that greater depth, informed by that inner child, and we start connecting to it, then we can start to live in society and find our magic. We don't need to live on an autopiloted, dysregulated nervous system tethered to a hamster wheel in a soul-sucking rat race. We can live a life that we love, that we came here to experience. We can achieve all of our desires because they are meant for us. And when we start to live this way, and I've seen it now with thousands of community members, everything changes and the people around us start to change. And maybe, just maybe, if we start that domino effect within ourselves, we can start spreading that love. And maybe if we start respecting our inner child, connecting to something greater than ourselves. If we start living through love and not fear, we start dismantling our conditioning and really reinforcing our uh, inner magic. Maybe we'll start to respect ourselves and love ourselves more. And maybe we'll start to love and respect other people more. And then how? How can we start to, how can we continue to uphold a system that causes catastrophe to our environment? that takes all of the beautiful orangutans, like what a beautiful gift that this earth has creatures called orangutans that are orange and smart and empathetic and dexterous and playful. How can we dishome them so that we can have rubber, right? Maybe this domino effect and manifestation and living this soul-led life isn't just about getting what we want. Maybe it is the one true vehicle to living in a more peaceful, harmonious, and balanced world. And I think that that balance and that harmony starts within and then extends outward. But this episode, I wanted to really give you a basis for what we're talking about here. What is the quantum field? What is manifestation? So let's start with that because there's a lot of misunderstandings around this term. Manifestation to me is living the most optimal life possible by not just focusing on the physical, but also incorporating the energetic realm into my way of life, my method of navigating through challenges, my goal accomplishment, and my perspective. So manifestation isn't just about getting what you want. Manifestation is about tuning into that energetic part of you, that source part of you, and communicating and collaborating with the universe, the quantum field, the world around you, learning your lessons, experiencing your desires, and contributing to this ecosystem. You have a very vital role in this world, whether you think you do or not. And experiencing your desires is why you came here. And learning the lessons you need to learn on the journey to experiencing your desires is also why you came here. Manifestation is not a get-out-of-jail-free card for humanity. You're going to have challenges. Every single person on this planet has challenges. But can having a manifestation practice change the way you experience, interpret, and how quickly you bounce back from those challenges? Absolutely. So it's important to me to explain what manifestation means from an intention bar perspective, which is ultimately, how do we live a life we love again? It's not just about picking up a journal once every six months and maniacally writing down what you want on it or spiritually bypassing through your negative thoughts and emotions. It's about really tuning into who you are, what you authentically desire, understanding your power, reconnecting with your power, Honing your energetic gifts that no one else has, only you have. You're a unique energetic being. You are connected to this entire planet. You have more power than you think you do. So manifestation is really a way of life. It's not just about getting what you want. You're going to get what you want as a byproduct of manifesting. That's not even a question. That's not even a question. We're going to architect your dream life together, you and I. But more importantly, we're going to give you peace back. We're going to give you life back. We're going to give you happiness and power back. Don't come here and live like these adults that we all have grown up and known 
who let their lives pass them by in clouds of frustration and settling for things and compromising their self-worth in the name of security and paying their bills and their taxes on time. We pay bills, we pay taxes, we live by these societal rules to an extent, but we have learned at Intention Bar how to have our cake and eat it too, in that we live in society, we enjoy abundance, we build our dream lives, we live through love and not fear, we navigate our challenges a lot more graciously, I think. We don't let them turn us to stone. We let everything open our hearts more. And that, to me, is manifestation. So let's, let's talk about the quantum field, because this is a term I actually adore. It's a little bit different than how a quantum physicist is going to talk about quantum mechanics. But uh, there is crossover. Now, when, when a spiritual person refers to the quantum field... What we're really referring to is the substrata of the universe. What is holding everything together? What is connecting everything? We know and understand that everything is made of energy. We know and understand that energy cannot be destroyed. It can only change form. We also know and understand that time is not linear. We can send energy across the world from where we sit right now. All of this is because under the operational theory of quantum entanglement, that is really only being validated more and more every year, everything is entangled, connected, cannot be truly separated. And even humans, even though we are physically separate beings, we cannot be disconnected because we are also all linked through this substrata of the universe, which is the quantum field. And a really simple example of humans being energetic beings is how we can feel energy, how we can read it. I want you to consider you're in a room and someone walks in and they just have the most rotten, janky energy about them. They walk in politely, they say hello to everyone, but you know something is off, right? You can feel that energy. Or you walk into a house and you're like, the energy in here. And every single person says this, right? Every single person has at one point or another mentioned the vibe of a place, the feeling of a place. And that comes from that connection to it. What we're sensing is not something physical. We're sensing something intrinsic and energetic. So let's go back to a person in a room with terrible energy who's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, when you ask what's wrong, but you know they're not fine. We're immediately off-put by that. Something within us, some flag goes up within our soul and goes, ugh, something is off with them. So if we can read that vibe off of a person, place, or thing, that means we can also give off a vibe. If we can read it, then we can also send it. Now, What I want you to really think about here is what is giving you that signal. And if you think about a phone picking up a signal, usually if you go somewhere off grid or if you're in a really strong concrete building, you will lose reception. That signal dies. When does our signal die? When, what is the maximum distance a person can go away from you that you can still pick up on their energy? Well, here is the interesting, tricky thing about the quantum field. There is no distance. There is no maximum distance of you being able to pick up someone's energy. We're going to explain why that is. I want to give you an example of being in a group chat. Let's say you're in a group chat with a bunch of friends and you all live in a different country. And every time you share good news, everyone's like, woo, great. But you get the vibe that one of the people is just not happy for you. Or in that group chat, you understand the temperature of the chat. You know when someone's just not being themselves and it's not necessarily because of what they're typing and sending. There is an, a piece of information, a signal, a flag within you that goes off and alerts you to the fact that something is off. These people could be on the opposite side of the world and you're not even hearing their voice. You just, or voices, you just know It's interesting because if we think about, let's say your boss, if you have a boss, your boss could send you a perfectly normal email and maybe they're in another country, they're visiting Ireland or something. 
they could send an email. You don't even need to hear their voice. And you would immediately feel that icky pit in your stomach, that the vibe is wrong. Well, let's take this even further. Your boss could be on a rocket ship going to the moon. They're literally not on this planet anymore, but you still know something's wrong. You would know that the vibe is wrong because you would be able to feel it through this substrata of energy that connects us all that we refer to as the quantum field. This is the field of infinite information. It is where everything is connected and stored. We get messages through the quantum field. We send messages through it. We can manipulate the field. We can observe the field. We can even build our dream lives with its help and through it. But now I want to answer the question that you might be asking, how come the quantum field is all connected? Explain how that works. How could someone be in space, your boss, and telepathically set you on edge through a perfectly normal email? The answer is because every single particle of matter that makes up this entire material dimension is all originated from the same place. I refer to this as source or the universe. A scientist would use the term the Big Bang Theory. It all comes from one thing and then it is separated by physical matter. So in this example, you have to think about nothing existing, the Big Bang going off, and everything originating from that source. Now that source and that energy is within all of us. We are all connected through it. So there is a telepathic network of oneness that connects every living being on this planet. What else exists in this field is infinite potentials. Because this is where the energetic and the physical meet, this is where creation can happen, just like the Big Bang, just like birth, just like the creation of anything. Once an idea has energy, it is now put into the quantum field where it becomes a potential to form into matter and be experienced on the material realm. So I want you to consider that that little drop of source within you is also within your boss, is also within your dog, is also within your partner, your friends, your family, and it is still all connected and communicating. It can be separated by matter in that you are in different physical vessels. However, it can never be truly separated. It doesn't matter if it's in a different person and it doesn't matter how far that person is away. It is as if those cells that are not cells, those pieces of energy, let's say, were never disconnected. They are always in communication with one another. You cannot separate them. The classic example to explain this, and Oprah loves this example, is when you take a cup and scoop some water out of the ocean The water in the cup is still part of the ocean. You separated it with the physical barrier, which is the cup, but it is still from the ocean. That is the classic example, but that's not actually the best example because that sample in the cup is going to behave differently over time without being connected to the living, breathing ocean and its ecosystem. That water may turn stale, it may mold, it may turn mildewy, it still comes from the same source. However, it has been made vulnerable by being disconnected from its environment. Even if you took a fish out of the ocean, put it in that cup, it couldn't survive for long unless you completely recreated its original environment, including things like temperature, sunshine, other organisms, it depends on, etc. So instead, think about it like this. The universe, source, lives in every single thing. It lives in every piece of matter. It lives in you. And in fact, nothing can be on this planet in any kind of physical form without being from this source simply because every single thing on this planet is made of matter and matter all comes from the Big Bang. And it is all a conduit of energy. So now that you understand that everything is coming from source and everything is coming out of source, and everything is still connected to source, the next logical conclusion 
is that source still lives within everything. I don't know if you've ever seen a dead body before. It looks like the person, but they're not there anymore. That's my, that, that was the most jarring example for me of source or, or soul leaving someone's body, right? So let's go back to how each piece of source is still connected despite space, despite time. Physical barriers of matter cannot block out the signal between any two pieces of matter because the matter is connected intrinsically inside. So for example, when your boss is, you know, let's say in another country and they send you an email and they're behaving perfectly normal and you get the feeling that something is still off from them, They might as well be right inside of you thinking in your brain because you are still connected through that source. That source is not blocked out by your physical barriers of your bodies. You're still originating from the same thing. And this kind of technology, unlike the kind of technology that we are accustomed to, like say a cell phone signal, cannot lose reception. It will always be inextricably entwined. Just a quick interruption to keep you up to speed on our tools and how you can use them to build your dream life. We here at Intention Bar are spiritual tool developers. We believe that it is our mission to uplift you with life-changing information as well as arm you with research-backed tools to help you navigate your journey. We've had hundreds of people manifest their entire dream lives, not just a thing or two on their list, their whole dream lives using our tools and being part of our community. If you're brand new here and you want a sample of the tools, then the ultimate manifestation pack is for you. It is $35. It comes with five of our guided visualizations as well as a manifestation lesson that you get to keep for life. If you are ready to dive a little deeper, we recommend the world's first manifestation gym that we call the Open Bar Manifestation Membership, or Open Bar for short. It's $22 a month, and for that price, you get access to our full bank of guided visualizations, including but not limited to our walkers, our sleepers, our active manifestation visualizations, our energetic recalibrations, full moon, new moon, fear story dismantlers, our quick five-minute-on-the-go visualizations. And that's really just the start of what you get at this gym. On top of that, you're going to get access to all of our self-development workshops, all of our research-backed manifestation exercises, our morning foundations, which you just press play as soon as you wake up while you're still in that sleepy brainwave state, and we set you on a trajectory for success and happiness and easing of anxiety for your day and so much more. That's really just the beginning. If you are looking for one-on-one support, you can always book a private session with me, Isla, where you and I will work together to get under the hood, really understand where you're at and where you want to be and what exactly we are going to do to get you there. 100% of our members polled that within 30 days of using our manifestation gym, they experienced less anxiety, more genuine love of life and happiness. They felt it was full of information they'd never heard before and that they experienced at least one synchronicity or manifestation within that first 30 days. Thank you for listening to this and back to the episode. So while you may be in Alaska and your boss in Ireland, you're still made up of particles originating from the same source and are thus installed with the same technology of being connected and being able to read one another all the time. You can use this for good, right? You can send healing energy, you can send forgiving energy, you can send love and safety, or you can use this to feel irritated, to be judgmental, to be jealous. Now, don't worry. I'm not trying to infer that your boss is listening in on your thoughts or you in theirs because people are not even taught how to be attuned to this technology. The point I'm trying to make right now is that the technology that connects every single piece of matter on this planet is a different kind of technology than we've ever seen in that it is always connected and it is always communicating. So a lot of people use the word in this case, 
you know, why is my boss upset? How did I know? The email seems so nice. This is where a lot of people would use the word intuition, which is fine. But it's more like being taught the language of energy, not just instinct. In our society, we're not really taught to read the energy around us or the signals we get. But because we're energetic, because in our bodies we have these instincts and receptors to get signals and interpret them, um, we call it intuition. But intuition is really a lower level ability to pick up on energy because you're just running off of your baser instincts versus really practicing the art of becoming literate in energy. So we're all telepathically connected. Can you send a signal to somebody and they understand you? It's not like whispering in someone else's mind. It's not like that. I'm sure there is some ability to do that for some people, but that's not what we're talking about. All I'm trying to infer is that your boss and you come from the same source and that source is still within both of you. And therefore, there is some connection between the two of you and to every other living being on this planet. And therefore, you can pick up on their energy because the technology that keeps this source within you is different than any kind of technology we've seen. It cannot be separated by a physical barrier. The reason why we call it intuition is because we still have these receptors that pick up on this information, but it's a baser instinct. Now, you know, I saw this CIA guy giving a master class on intuition. And I was like, that's really fascinating that people talk about intuition, but like what doctor, what scientist has ever really nailed down where your intuition lives within you? They don't. They, they're very comfortable talking about gut feelings, but what is intuition? Well, further to my point, your intuition is just a baser natural instinct for you as an energetic being to pick up on the energy around you, to sense that something is off, that someone's trying to cause you harm, someone doesn't have your best intentions at heart, etc. But all that's happening is the source within them and the source within you comes from the same place and therefore they are communicating and some baser instinct part of you is picking that up. If we were taught to be really literate in energy, like we could really communicate energetically with one another, I think we would be far beyond intuition. I think intuition would be like a fairly rudimentary level of reading energy. We talked about becoming energetically literate and becoming energetically literate is really just the art of tapping into what those energies within us are communicating to us about the world around us and understanding how source lives within all of us and because source can be separated by matter but can't really be separated by space and even though it's separated by matter it still connects to itself and to one another as one big energetic network that we call the quantum field we want to look into that a little bit deeper because when we're manifesting, that's what we're doing. We're becoming literate energetically. Now, I wrote something when I was 25. I, was, I turned 25 on the day I wrote this, and I still think about it daily. I wrote, actually, it was an Instagram caption. I wrote, today I'm 25. I am young, and I live in wonder of the universe and how it pours itself into the molds of the beings around me, playing them like instruments in interaction with itself, composing symphonies. Sometimes I'm so excited that I feel my blood dancing through my veins. And that's how I feel today because 25 feels so on the money. And I still don't think I've heard it explained better than that. And that was during a week in Mexico. So now we're talking about two trips in Mexico. It's a different trip. I was 25, not six at this point. And on this trip in Mexico, I experienced some of the highest spiritual downloading I've ever done in my life. It was an extremely powerful week, and it was one of those times where it didn't matter what the science said, what the books read, what the experts taught. That was a time where the universe mainlined into my veins and told me the uncensored truth of this human experience. So now that we have established that everything is connected through this quantum field and that we can influence it and we can tap into it, Let's get back to the point of manifestation and communicating with the quantum field to answer some of the questions I laid out in the beginning of this episode. So there's something that I like to explain about people's manifestation practices that we're going to go into much deeper in a different episode, but I just want to quickly introduce you to a concept that there are three main actors in your manifestation practice. There are three main components. There is yourself as the creator, 
There is the universe, which is your guide, your life partner. And then there is the quantum field, which I like to look at as the architect. So let's talk about this architect, which is the quantum field. When we communicate with the quantum field, it receives a message. It builds a blueprint draft of your dream, your desire. It makes revisions as you go uh, based on the information you're giving it. It constructs from your instructions. Another way that you can look at it is that there are infinite potentials for you. And when you construct your desire, when you recognize that there is a dream that you want, when you get that light bulb moment of that is what I want. And the second you visualize it, you get into a deep meditation and you visualize it, or you're just in a beautiful place, you're really inspired, but you're really locked into it. You're really seeing it, you're feeling it, you're thinking it, you're considering what it looks like, almost like a daydream. It is instantaneously uploaded to that network that connects the universe that we call the quantum field. And as it is uploaded, it becomes one of the potentials. And when you connect with it through something like a guided visualization, you imprint your energy on it. And what that does is it locks you into that potential. And you are automatically moving on a trajectory toward it and it to you. At this point, you start to draw that experience and that potential to you. So you are locked into one another, but you can always pivot. You can always change. You can always tune into a new potential. And that's where consistency comes in. From your instructions and it is holding that potential and locking you into it. But it is not like the universe, which is trying to guide you. This is the unemotional, neutral builder. And to add another layer, the quantum field is like a subsidiary of the universe. Everything is the universe, but the quantum field is like one section of the universe, holding everything together, building the future, informing matter on how to form, locking you into potentials. Now, I do want to touch on something here. When you give information to the quantum field or you lock into a potential, I do find that the info you give doesn't come out exactly the same. So there is some amount of magic that I don't think we will ever be able to fully explain as to how the manifestation is given versus how you actually experience it. And so this is where we start talking about things like law of assumption. When we, and we're going to do an episode where we fully go over law of attraction versus law of assumption versus the manifestation formula that I outline. outline. <laughs> So when we talk about something like law of assumption, the understanding is that you are the ultimate creator and things happen exactly the way you assume they will, exactly the way you observe the particles to behave is how they are going to behave, right? And there is a scientific basic for, basis for that as well. However, I have found in my decades of experience and working with thousands of people along with my own trial and error that there is some part of this process that we will never be able to understand, I don't think. This could be because the universe and the quantum field are in cahoots as one originates from the other. Like I just said, the quantum field is made up of the universe. The quantum field in our universe is expanding constantly. Right now, we know space is only getting bigger. So I don't know what happens when you give the message to the quantum field or in between you giving the message and the quantum field building it because we're connected to the field through source. The field is connected to the universe because the field, just like us, is installed with the universe in it. Remember that technology we were talking about? The universe is inside every single thing and communicating with all of it all at once, everywhere, all the time. There's some amount of mystery and surprise in this process. It's not a catalog. I mean, how many times have you just manifested exactly the thing down to the detail, the exact way you saw it happening? Sometimes, right? Sometimes that happens. But more often, it comes through with everything you needed and wanted and more. And it's better than you could have imagined. So there is something in this process that I don't understand, but I just trust and have faith in that element of surprise. 
So now how, and that was just me trying to answer the question preemptively of how come it's a little bit different than how I give it. (laughs) Now let's go to the next question. How do we give the quantum field information? How do we actually create the manifestation? And this is where a lot of misinformation on the internet is given. How are we giving info to this field? Is it through thoughts? Is it through emotions? Is it through intentions? Is it words? Is it scripting? Well, it's not through thoughts. Let's start there. Thoughts are too jumbled. They're more like the cutting room floor of a film. Thoughts are where we analyze, where we synthesize information and organizing it. It's also not just through emotions because we oscillate through a wide spectrum of emotions, right? We, we are a species characterized by duality and we oscillate between negative and positive emotions, all of which help us on our path to inform our thoughts and help our thoughts synthesize our experience and what we want to do, where we want to go from here. It's really through the combination of a clear set intention and a heightened level of emotion that amalgamate to create your state of being. And when you sustain a state of being that is aligned with the potential that you are tuning into in the field, that is when you move toward it and it moves toward you, it is drawn towards you. So what we're seeing here, and this is a little bit complicated, so I'm going to say this slowly and really clearly. Your thoughts are not manifesting because your thoughts are where you're editing things, you're understanding things, you're synthesizing information into a clear intention. Now that you have your clear intention, you understand what you want to manifest, you understand what you want to create and experience, then you're going to match it with your emotional state. You are going to uh, match it with your visualizations. You are going to tune into that frequency and you are going to live from that frequency through your state of being. So a long-term sustained state of being, which is made up of that heightened level of emotion and the clear set intention is going to lock you onto those train tracks towards your desire. This is also going to be the root of your behaviors on the material realm, which matter. A part of manifestation is how you behave, how you act, and the actions you take. But a bigger part of manifestation is the energetic signal that you're sending, The energetic signal that you're sending is made up of that clear intention and that heightened state of emotion. That those two things combine together and they send a signal to the quantum field. And this is why people who never change their brains, who always live through their conditioning, suffer. What's actually the mechanism of manifestation? What is manifesting? This is the people who really bury that inner child deep within. They don't manifest consistently and their external reality rules their internal experience. Instead of connecting to the potential in the quantum field they wish to experience, locking into it, using that to inform their ups, their uh, intentions and their state of emotion and the way they behave. So they're instead of creating something inside of themselves and locking into it and aligning with it and living from that place, People are using their external reality to rule their internal experience. So they're waiting for the outside to change, for the inside to change. And there's going to probably be an entire episode just on that because that's an important and heavy topic. We have to practice controlling our internal experience to influence our external reality because this is where we create the state of being which is sending that signal. Now, I'm not actually giving you the formula yet. I'm really just trying to give you a basis of understanding for the quantum field and how things work. We are going to unpack each of these things episode by episode, so don't worry. You will not be confused by the end of it. If this episode seems a little confusing to you, that's okay. We're just getting you introduced to some of these topics. We're going to break it down a lot easier, a lot clearer through the other episodes. Now, quantum informing, let's talk a little bit about that. Quantum informing is so fun. It's the funnest part of manifesting. We quantum inform through what we embody, what we give the world, what state of being we sustain. That creates our energetic signal. So that energetic signal, that information we're giving the quantum field comes from A, when we connect to and tap into the universe through things like meditation, um, usually, and we inform through it. B, our state of being. So the combo of those emotions and intentions, who we are, how we're being, what we're giving the world. And C, 
When we do our manifestation exercises, when we smile at a sunset, anytime we're tuned in and triggering those heightened states of emotion and embodying the state of being that is aligned with your desired outcome. Now, I also want to touch on quantum leaping, which is a really funny term. You might be wondering what is quantum leaping. You've probably seen it before uh, on TikTok videos. I've even used it before for marketing purposes because that's what everyone is using and can recognize. But I actually prefer the term quantum informing. You're not going anywhere. You're not leaping into a new life or timeline like random people are saying you are. What they're doing, if they're even doing it, is getting so fucking aligned with who they want to be and the life they want to live that everything else falls away. And the thing with energy is that it can absolutely change instantaneously. There is evidence of people healing instantaneously. There are anomalies. I've had huge manifestations come through that have changed my life in an instant, although it's a much rarer occurrence. I have had my life change in an instant. It does happen. I don't think that that is the goal though. I think we are built with wave breaks to prevent that because we have so much learning to do in the process of manifesting and accomplishing our dreams. But I have seen it happen and I know that it's possible. So when people are talking about quantum leaping, like just instantly leaping into a new timeline, I doubt most of them are doing it, but I don't want to say that it's impossible because I I have seen instantaneous changes. I think a longer, more sustainable method is to really focus on your state of being in order to connect with that source within you that is connected to the quantum field. The quantum field is informing matter on how to form. And I think that the best way to create your future is through long sustained bouts of aligning to and tuning into the frequency of what you want to experience.